0: And ask me questions if I was confusing. Fan graphs with another update. Eventually, it won't be news. Eventually, it won't be news. Eventually, it won't be news. But it still is. It's probably a bad thing that it's still news. But then, eventually, it won't be news anymore. When something just starts to happen, it's news. Hey, did you see that the first time ever, the, 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 the this thing. Hey, did you see the first time ever where? Did you see the first time ever where? Well, did you see the second time ever where? The 17th time ever where? Eventually it no longer becomes news. But as long as it's still news, it is. Within the last, oh, three days or so, I discovered, no, I did not discover. I learned, I was informed. Goodness, that's almost worth restarting, but it's such a stupid mistake, I'm going to leave it in. I did not discover. I learned, someone else found out, passed it along, and I read something. I learned that the Cubs are now employing A scout who is a woman. That's cool. I'm good with it. I'm good with it because I'm um, completely balking at any sort of old boy network that is in place simply to keep old boys employed. Deese, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that properly. But M apostrophe L-Y-N-N, last name D-E-A-S-E, is now a Cubs scout, Cubs area scout in South Carolina. And she also has a lot of connections, coverage, all that kind of stuff in North Carolina as well. North Carolina is actually generally considered a hotter hotbed for um, baseball Then South Carolina. No real huge surprise, necessarily. But um, Melinda Deese is now a Cubs area scout in South Carolina and regions about there. And I'm cool with it. Uh, I have no specific knowledge of what her... Speciality is when it comes to scouting or anything along those lines, but if somebody's willing to go out there, bust their chops and try to do a really good job at insert whatever here, and they just happen to be a lady cool fine i'm you know I'm trying to as best as possible. Be over all that kind of um, silly, petty 1950s stuff. If somebody's good at something, let them go do it. And if the Cubs have decided Malin Deese is the person to be the Cubs area scout in South Carolina, go for it. Cool. I'm up for it. South Carolina, <laughs> the Gamecocks are good. Um, Coastal Carolina, that's South Carolina. Yeah, there's there's talent there to be... Assessed. There's talent there to be mined. There's talent there to be um, put into order. All that kind of stuff. The Cubs, <coughs> rather famously, or infamously, yeah, that'd be more infamously. Back around the, um, back around the, first COVID outbreak, when there were no fans that were going to be at games and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Tom Ricketts caught back some things, including scouting. And I was not a happy camper. I was not a happy camper. The Cubs, though, have stepped it up, caught up, and potentially, at least by numbers' sake, um, passed where they were before. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about scouting, a little tiny bit about scouting, before I get to my Fangraphs thing, which is the after-the-bump thing. Um, See how I hide things, Easter strags. Um... The way scouting is generally set up, you have area scouts all across the country, scattered about the country. You know, one person here, one person there, one person in four corners, one person there, one person here, nineteen people, no, three or four people in California, a couple in Texas, you know, how however many it is. You have area scouts scattered about the country. People up in the northeast have like five or six or seven states to go through. And if you're in Florida, you have 60 square miles, and that's enough to occupy you for three entire years. Um, So the Cubs have their spectrum of area scouts. Then what will happen is the area scout goes out to watch a game, high school game, college game, D1 um, whatever it is that they're watching. Whatever it is that they're watching. Maybe it'll be late January and uh, Ms. Dease will be out watching a NAIA, NAIA game in South Carolina. And she will be watching said game and she will submit her report to whoever she submits her report to. The report comes back in and the... Regional cross-checkers look at our information. It's like, huh, this person looks like possibly me, maybe we ought to go out and look at him. For instance, let's say um, uh, someone is out watching a an NAIA game. And they respond with their scouting report that they were watching an NAIA game in late January. This dude came in out of the bullpen Costing 95 with a filthy sinker. 95 fastball with a filthy sinker to go with. Should the Cubs be interested in that? Uh, At least a little bit, yeah. Because 95 with a filthy sinker, when you're an NAIA ball, you don't necessarily have, well, you don't have professional coaching. You have amateur coaching. Sometimes the amateur coach might be better than some of the pro coaches, but teams like to think, that once they get a player into their organization, they can tweak this, add on that, work on this delivery, work on this grip, work on this whatever. And all of a sudden, 95 can become 90, 97 or 98. And the filthy slider can get even filthier. So, person submits or uh, recount of game. Uh, road team, their third baseman looked kind of nice. Had an uh, exit velo of... Um, whatever, whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. And by the way, reliever comes in, tossing 95, 10 pitches, nine of them strikes, three strikeouts. Okay, I I guess we're kind of interested in that guy. Maybe we ought to send <coughs> another scout to look just to make sure it's not that we don't trust the scout, we're employing him, we definitely trust him, But you don't want to necessarily rely totally, completely on one scout. The entire idea of the regional cross-checker is the regional cross-checker's job is to go check on people they already like. So, NAIA kid throwing 95 with a filthy sinker. Report comes in. Regional cross-checker. Four or five days later, regional cross-checker is checking with the NAIA Coach asking, hey, is uh is your guy going to pitch tonight? Because we kind of like to come check him out sometime when he's probably going to pitch. Uh, Probably, but usually we like to use him when we're ahead. Well, you look at the schedule. Is this team they're probably going to beat? Is he going to be ahead? Send him out. Hopefully he pitches. Don't want to send a regional cross-checker out and have him miss the player that he actually wanted to come see. Even though sometimes when you catch the player that you didn't want to see, he ends up being the guy that you want after all anyway. But yeah, you go out, regional cross-checker sees 95 with sinker, it's like, oh, they're wrong. It's 96 with a sinker. Now all of a sudden the national cross-checker's kind of interested. Now, 96 with a sinker, that's not going to get you fourth round or anything, but if the information's out there soon enough, in January, you have no D1. January, you have no D1. Until the middle of February, you have no D1. You have nothing except Division three and NAIA. So you might as well send out your regional cross-checkers, your national cross-checkers, check out NAIA games in late January, early February, because that's all there is. Send out your national cross checker. Hey, yeah, it, it, it stacks up. Not only do I like him, but the right fielder—you're not bad either. See, that's how you—that's that, how—that's how it's set up. You send out one person to go look, and the next night they're somewhere else. They watch a game, they send in a report. They watch a game, they send in a report. They watch a game, they send in a report. They watch a game, they send in a report, and uh. The regional cross-checkers, the national cross-checkers, take it from there. Sometimes you'll have the area scout sent back to watch the player again, particularly if there is some actual interest. Because what you want to do, is, it's really nice if the area scout can build up a bit of a rapport with the player, with the player's family, so that when negotiations come along, um, it's easier that way. When you have one person doing the negotiating, it's easier that way. And area scouts are ideal for doing that sort of thing because their gig is not only watching games, but also talking with um, coaches in the area. Who's a guy that maybe I should know about that maybe I don't know about? All that kind of stuff all that kind of stuff. Regional scouts are important. A- area scouts are important. Regional cross checkers check on the area scouts and national cross checkers check on the regional cross checkers. It used to be the cubs would have the standard two regional cross checkers and three national cross checkers. So, whole bunch of Area scouts, two regional, three national. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't gotten rid of the coughs yet. A feature from an earlier podcast today. Um, Cubs have upped it. Cubs now have three regional cross-checkers and four national cross-checkers. I, they don't come with baseball cards. I can't really tell you who's particularly good, but what I'll tell you this is, um, if Dan Kantrovitz says, I want three regional cross checkers and four national cross checkers instead of two and three, I'm buying it. Dan Kantrovitz knows what he's talking about. Well, he says, do that, do that, do that, do that, ride it into the eternal sunset. Kantrovitz knows his business, and if Kantrovitz is signing Malin Deese, she's probably pretty darn competent at her job. Um, As per occasionally, I'm going with a merge today, hopefully between talking about the prospects and talking about uh, the draft and talking about, what was the other thing I talked about? Oh, yes, stupid trades, stupid trades, the um, Eric Hosmer stuff. Um, and being on Patreon and being on Anchor and being on Bleed Cubby Blue, hopefully I'm providing you some value in your Cubs long, 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 long off season. Um, hopefully I am. And if I am, Anchor, you can sponsor patreon you can sponsor by the month and with with anchor what, what's really cool about it is if you think i'm doing a good job hey i'm gonna toss in two bucks a month two bucks a month then after about three or four months i start doing a really crappy job you pull it people have canceled on me it's you know it's not a i hate you it's not a you know burn in hell it's just i'm not going to give you any money anymore for whatever reason you don't have to explain it you just Stop sending the money. Um, if I'm doing a good job, that's one way to let me know. If I'm not doing a good job, if I'm not adding to your day, I appreciate you listening nonetheless. Fangraphs updated There. Cubs prospect board. I talked about that on my most recent podcast. They've also updated their draft board, or at least they claimed to have. Let me see. Yeah, I think they have. I think they have. I haven't looked at their stuff in a long time as far as the draft because, well, I didn't really have a reason to. There really wasn't a reason to. Um because really, what what what's changing? What's changing about a draft board in December? What could re, you know, unless somebody like blows an arm out, What's going to change? What is realistically going to change on a draft board in December? There's nothing going on. Once games start, yeah, you're going to have a few changes here and there. What I'm looking at is, I'm looking at two different things. I'm looking at my draft board, which is 12 names long. I don't want to have my draft board a whole lot longer than 12 names long for the 2022 draft. I don't want to have my initial round draft board a whole lot longer than 12 names. If it gets to a point where one of the players on my 12-player draft board gets played off of that board by someone else, then I'll flip. <laughs> you know, I, I No, this guy's off, this guy's on. We're, we're, we're good with it um, my 12 names. And really, I I was looking, I'm looking at them now, and there is, uh, there's no, there's nothing. There's not any sort of, um, organization pattern to it. It's 12 names. Peyton Paulette, right-handed pitcher, Arkansas, Elijah Green, outfield, IMG Academy, Andrew Jones, center field, Wesleyan High School, that's in Georgia. IMG Academies in Florida. Brooks Lee, shortstop, Cal Poly. Termar Johnson, infield, Mays High School, that's in Georgia. Right-handed pitcher, Dylan Lesko, Buford High School, that's in Georgia. You're going to hear that's in Georgia a bit. Cam Collier, third base, Mount Perrion High School. You want to say it or you want me to say it? That's in Georgia. Uh, Carter Young, Vanderbilt, shortstop. Jace Young, infield, Texas Tech. Gavin Cross, outfield, Virginia Tech. Jason Jones, infield. Braswell High School in Texas. That's in Texas, not in Georgia. And... Chase DeLauder, outfield, James Madison. So I'm going to go down the last names again. Pallet, Green, Jones, Lee, Johnson. Lesko, Collier, Young, Young. Cross, Jones, DeLauder. Two Joneses, a Jason and an Andrew. Two Youngs, spelled differently, a Carter and a Jace. That's my top 12. That's my top 12. It's going to be my top 12 for a while. Now, here is Fangraph's top 12 list. And they do have numbers. They do have numbers. They do have rankings. They do have future values because I love my Fangraphs. Termar Johnson, who's on my list. Second base. They have him listed as a second baseman. Mays High School in Georgia. College commitment. Oregon. He's not going there. Future value. Future value. 50. That's the only 50 on this board for the record to keep in mind if you wish to keep that in mind. Second, Drew Jones, center field, Wesleyan High School in Georgia, college commit, Vanderbilt, 45 plus. The next run of names are all 45 plus. Jace Young, second base, Left-handed hitting second baseman, Texas Tech, 45-plus. Chase DeLauter, right field. Left-handed hitter, James Madison, 45-plus. Peyton Graham, third base, Oklahoma, 45-plus. Graham, on their list, not on my list. Brooks Lee, shortstop, Cal Poly, 45-plus. Peyton Paulette, right-handed pitcher. Arkansas, 45-plus. Elijah Green, center field. IMG Academy. College Commit, Miami. He's not going there. 45-plus. So, just off of this information, just off of this information, I'm going to take a stop here. Seven of their eight are on my list. Seven of their top eight are on my list. Those eight are all 45 pluses or better. So, if everything rolls as normal, the Cubs are probably going to have two very reasonably closely aligned players to select from at the seventh spot. Whoever the seventh and eighth guys are. The Cubs should have two guys that are reasonably close. Or there could be a team that decides, you know what, we're going to try to outsmart the world. We're going to try to take a player below and go with that. And again, try to outsmart the world. And then all of a sudden, the Cubs have three players that are 45 pluses to choose from. The Cubs are going to be in nice shape. They're going to be in nice shape. Do the homework. Do the research. Get it right assess the players as they should they will be fine now let's go to go a bit further down the list number 9 robert moore second base right-handed hitter arkansas uh switch hitter arkansas he's a 45 he's not on my list i'm not going to say that he shouldn't be on my list but um robert moore <laughs> i like arkansas baseball I will be watching plenty of Arkansas baseball, especially when Peyton Paulette is pitching, because Peyton Paulette is on my list. Number 10, Gavin Cross, right field, left-handed hitter. Virginia Tech, 45. Gavin Cross is on my list. 11, Brandon Barrera, starting pitcher, left-handed pitcher. American Heritage High School in... mm, I think that's Florida, not sure. Um, He's a 45. He's not on my list. Logan Tanner, catcher, Mississippi State, 45. He's not on my list. Kumar Rocker from Vanderbilt, 45. Not on my list. Dylan Lesko, number 14, is on my list. Carrying on down. How far do we have to go? Cole Young. Everybody's young this year. Uh... Let's see Blade Tidwell is twenty two Sacra blue. I did not even notice that. Wow, Tennessee Blade Tidwell, you go um he's not on my list, but uh wow, good to see I like to see Tennessee players uh, moving up said lists. Um, there's one guy that uh Carter Young, shortstop Vanderbilt sits at 25 on this list. Cam Collier on my list sits at 26 on this list. I think that about takes care of all of my players on the list. I'm still sticking with my list. Maybe my list will be wrong. But I'm going to stick with my list at least for a while. At least for a while. And if it gets to a situation where, you know, Blade Tidwell belongs on there more than whoever, 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 then I'll put Blade Tidwell on there. But as of right now, I'm sticking with my list for a while um the Cubs are going to get even better in their pipeline with the seventh pick in the draft who knows they might do a little bit of taking someone for under slot etc 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 and you know play games with stuff and try to get a really good high school player in the second round or whatever. The Cubs are going to be fine. The Cubs are going to be fine. Their job is to, with their scouts, make sure they get the right players. At the same time, with their coaching, make sure the players that they have now that are already good Make sure they keep getting better. The Cubs are in a good place with their pipeline. People are talking about, oh, well, they have to go out and sign Nick Castellanos, or they have to go out and sign Trevor Story, or they have to... What that ends up doing, though, if they sign a qualifying free agent, that means they lose their second-round draft pick and they lose $500,000 in international spending. For some of you, that might be incidental, and that's fine. If you want to say, for me, international spending and the draft are incidental. I really don't care. I want to win now. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I'm going to disagree with you. Because developing players internally through the pipeline is exactly how quality organizations are built long term perhaps Trevor's story might have a good year or two or three in them. Maybe, maybe not. But one thing I can tell you, if they end up getting a guy that costs um, their second round draft pick, that second round draft pick, there's a very legitimate chance he'll be good too. And the people who are um, refusing to acknowledge the importance of draft picks, they're going to be consistent in that they're going to generally be very consistent in that. They will neglect and ignore and disrespect and smear and all that kind of stuff. One of my ideas I'm completely good with if the Cubs sign Carlos Correa and they wait until after the draft happens to sign him and they get Carlos Correa and they get a little bit less of him in 2022 but they don't give up their second round draft pick and they don't give up $500,000 international spending. I'd be completely good with that. One thing that's going to be really fascinating with the punishment phase, which what I which I talk about rather rather often. The punishment phase, free agents aren't getting signed now. They are not being signed. They are not being signed. So, what that means is When the signing period begins, (laughs) on January 15th, teams are going to spend their money. And at some point, it's like, they're going to be out of, you know, they will blow through their, their their, their pile of cash that they can spend. I don't know how that's going to work the team is down to $325,000 in international spending and then they sign a free agent and they lose $500,000 in international spending. Does that come out of the next year? I don't know how that's going to work. I'm sure Rob Manfred has thought about that in advance because he always thinks about everything in advance and there's never any problems with that kind of stuff. Oh, by the way, I'm being totally sarcastic there. Um, This is a fun-looking list. Another thing that goes along with the draft. I'm just going to toss this out now. I've tossed it out before. I'll toss it out a bit later. But since I'm looking at this list, what I'm going to do, I'm I'm going to go down the list of school and leaving out the high schools. Texas Tech, James Madison, Oklahoma, Cal Poly, Arkansas, Arkansas, Virginia Tech, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, East Carol- East Carolina. Hmm, interesting. Um, Florida, Tennessee, Arizona, Vanderbilt, Duke. Florida State, Coastal Carolina. My goodness. Oregon, Georgia Tech, Mississippi State, Campbell. Oklahoma State, Florida. Arkansas, three Arkansas. Wow. Caden Wallace, yeah, he belongs. Florida State, Ole Miss. LSU, Clemson, Alabama. If you haven't decided on a team that you're following in college baseball, I'm going to run through that list again. Pick a team. These are players. These are players that the Cubs, these are schools that have players that the Cubs will possibly be considering for their first or second round picks, depending. If you haven't chosen a college baseball team yet, feel free to select between Texas Tech, James Madison, Oklahoma, Cal Poly, Arkansas, Virginia Tech, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, LSU, East Carolina, Florida, Tennessee, Arizona, they say Vanderbilt yet, Duke, Florida State, Coastal Carolina, Oregon, Georgia Tech, Mississippi State, Campbell, Oklahoma State, Florida, Florida State, Ole Miss, Clemson, LSU, Alabama. Pick a school. One of those schools I just named. Pick one of them. Blind Potluck. Pick one of them. Have one of those as your team. First off, all those teams that I mentioned, they're generally pretty good. They're generally pretty good. Now, Virginia Tech, usually not on that the, the top of that list. James Madison, usually not at the very top of that list. But most of those teams are very good, and all of those teams have players that the Cubs will be sending scouts out to watch, to assess, and turning in reports on. And those reports will be being looked at by the people in the front office and they will say, hey, we'd better send out a regional scout to look at a regional cross-checker to check out this player from Clemson, this player from Ole Miss. Heck, from this, um, from, for Tristan Smith in Boiling Springs High School in South Carolina. That'd probably be Melendee's category, right? Mel- Melendee's territory probably Tristan Smith yeah that would make sense um it all works together it all works together the free agent signings are important the trades are important picking up the right guys off the waiver wire are important assessing talent is important having coaches that can adequately get the maximum out of players the whole thing is important It's not a case of this part is important and this part is non-substantial. Picking up Frank Schwindel on waivers cost the Cubs no people. No people were lost because Frank Schwindel was claimed on waivers. Cubs did not have to boot anyone off the 40-man roster because of Frank Schwindel. They had an opening. They plugged him in. Hey, what the hell? Let's see if this guy's any good. Did well in in Iowa. Did well with the iCubs. Anthony Rizzo gets traded. Hey, let's call up this guy. He's been doing okay in Iowa. Let's see how he does at the major league level. And he finally gets a chance to play. And guess what? He did okay. He did okay. You might not like him long term. You might think he's a little too old. You might say, whatever. Everything works together in the long run. Getting the scouting right, getting the players developed right, working on nutrition. I see where Max Bain has turned um, weightlifting into a tag team sport. That's kind of funny probably worth a podcast, but I don't know if I'm going to do one on it. Um, Maybe I will. It all goes together. It all goes together. If players believe that what they're doing is important, what they're doing is being respected, they're going to keep doing it and they're going to keep pushing. And if they believe that if they do well, they will get promoted, They're going to keep busting it. One of the ways that through the years, teams have lost ownership from players is, man, I tried really hard. I had a really good season, but I didn't get promoted. I didn't. And you know, whether it's poor communication or whatever it is, if players know, if I do well, I will get rewarded for it in the way I value. I'll get promoted. Then players take Ownership. Welcome, Lindis, to the Cubs. And I hope I've been pronouncing your name properly. I apologize if I didn't. Um, it's going to be a fun year of tracking college baseball, tracking high school baseball. You know why? Because they're actually going to be playing. The minor leaguers are going to be playing. The high schoolers are going to be playing. The college players are going to be playing. Major leaguers? eh, Maybe. But if there's a game going on, I'll probably be paying attention to it. Thanks for stopping by. And I will talk to you soon.